Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Nancy, who is really amazing. She scaled from zero to 16 doors, and she's also the co-lead of the Women's Investor Network in Canada, and she also focuses on Airbnb arbitrage. So tons of value in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Nancy. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, thank you. Um, So yeah, I kind of want to just jump into it. Nancy has... Uh, 16 doors right now so she's really really educated in investing and can tell us a lot of great stories so thank (laughs) you for being here again and I just kind of want to get an intro of who you are and kind of your bird's eye view of your investing story sure well first thank you for having me (laughs) of course um so yeah my husband and I we've been investing since about 2015 uh we really started very organically like we you know we had some money saved up we decided you know what let's put it in in an asset we ended up buying a condo it's a pre-con um, and it was supposed to close the following year. It didn't. Uh, then we waited another two years. It still hadn't closed. And we said, you know what? Like it had appreciated so much just before we actually even got it that we're like, we're not working our money properly. So we ended up selling it, taking all the proceeds. And then we ended up buying, um, like a duplex in Kitchener, a townhouse in Burlington. Um, and then we kind of just stopped for a minute. Mm. And then we realized, wow, these things are cash flowing pretty sweet. And soon we started realizing that this is the asset class that we're the most comfortable with. And so from there, we just started to scale. Mm-hmm. Prior to really scaling, we said, you know what, if we're going to do this, we want to do it right. So we ended up, you know, enrolling in a mentorship program. We got educated about what we want to do, what kind of real estate we want to be in, single family, multifamily. Um, and then we just focused and we said, you know what, like the best bank for our buck was multifamily. And mm-hmm. so we've become multifamily investors. Mm, okay, amazing. Okay, perfect. And then, yeah, you said you had a pre-con um, at the beginning. Uh, in 2015. So how was your experience with pre-con? Have you done it after that or was that the one time? No, honestly, pre-con is just not our jam. No, (laughs) No, we just kind of, you know, now we know how to underwrite properties really well. Mm -hmm. And so we, our preference would be to buy a property, renovate it, stabilize it, rent it. So really the Burr method. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started doing that on a smaller scale. Mm. Like, so we bought a duplex in Hamilton. It was a single family home converted it into a duplex. Okay, wow. Um, and then we started realizing, you know, that the amount of effort that goes into smaller properties, mm-hmm. we can probably do that on a 20-unit building and we get a better bang for our buck. It's all really the same process. Yeah. So we're now focusing on either buying um, underperforming large multifamily properties mm-hmm. or um, some of my business partners and I were actually buying abandoned commercial buildings Ooh. and then converting those to a fully residential building. Wow, cool. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, so many things. Okay, <laughs> just to go back a bit. So duplex in Kitchener, townhome in Burlington, because you kind of done different things in the beginning, pre-con, townhome, duplex. So yeah. <laughs> how did you settle on multifamily? Did you feel like you just like the extra cash flow from each unit? It was ac- extra ac- uh, cash flow, but it was also the fact that the amount of work that will go into a two unit mm-hmm. is very similar to the amount of work that will go into a 20 unit. Mm, okay. Right. And so for me, it was a lot less risk to have a larger building because if you have a one build, like a one door or two door property mm-hmm. and one of your tenants is not paying, you're out like 50% or even 100% of your rent. Mm-hmm. But if I have a 20 unit and there's one tenant that has a problem and is not paying, I still have rent coming in from another 19 units, wow. right? Yeah. So so for us, it just, it worked better within our risk appetite as well. Wow. So cool. Yeah. A lot of people have been talking about that on this podcast that they just do a burr and then it naturally turns into like, it, it, they're saying it's the same thing across the board. It so is. I didn't is. really expect that. I thought it would still be, like it would be harder. No. But you're right. It is kind of less risk, I guess. It is less risk yeah. because you're, you're essentially... 
you're spreading the risk across way more doors, mm-hmm. right? So really the whole process of stabilizing a building, whether you're doing it on a one unit or a two unit or a three unit, mm-hmm. your team can do it on a 20 unit, mm-hmm. right? So for us, it just made the most sense. And, you know, we've we've since learned that there are, you know, pros and cons to each. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've gotten really good at is raising capital. So before my husband and I were like, we're going to own all the stuff on our own. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when we started realizing, you know what, we want to scale I would rather own 50% of something than 100% of nothing. Of course. Right. So um, we're kind of done with the smaller properties. So Mm -hmm. right now we're probably in the process of offloading some of the, you know, the smaller ones. So we have a condo in Calgary that we're offloading right now. Um, But yeah, we we had made some very, I don't want to call them mistakes. There were lessons learned because we were very much like, you know, oh, this property makes sense. It's in North Bay. Let's buy it. So now we have a townhouse in North Bay. And then we were like, oh, well, this townhouse works in Burlington. We're going to buy that. And we didn't end up really studying each market the way we should have prior Mm -hmm. to really investing. But in doing that, you know, we still bought properties that were cash flowing. Mm -hmm. Um, So for us, though, now that we're really more so focused on multifamily, we're very bullish on certain markets that mm-hmm. we're like, okay, this is the market that we want to grow in where we become subject matter experts in that market. Mm-hmm. And now we're just going buck wild. There. What's your favorite market? Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so you're going buck wild in Hamilton. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We just, we see what the future is. We see what the city's doing. Okay. So for us, it just makes a lot of sense to, to build, mm-hmm. you know, our, our, our portfolio there. Um, my husband actually, he does US syndication. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So his, him and his business partners, they have GMA Capital, but they um, they spent a lot of time essentially studying the U.S. and which markets they want to grow in. Mm. And so they're doing large syndications in the U.S. Wow. So, yeah. So Ooh. I'm more of the Hamilton person. Yeah. He's very much U.S. Yeah. What's your least favorite market? <laughs> least favorite market. Uh, fun. I mean, I had a really terrible experience in Sudbury, so I don't want to say it's not a good market. Mm. My personal experience <laughs> in Sudbury wasn't the best, mm. um, but I know a lot of people that invest there and they're doing amazingly well there. Okay. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, For you going into large multifamilies, would you suggest still sm- starting in small multifamilies and then scaling from there? Or would you just say jump right into large Like multi- a six unit or an eight unit versus a 20 unit? Or just no, even like, should you get a duplex as a first time investor or should you just jump right into like a sixplex? You know, so the qualifications are very different, right? Yeah. Like, so if you're buying a duplex or a triplex, it's really your personal income mm-hmm. that the bank will look at in order to see if you qualify for this property or not, right? Mm-hmm. And so everybody's going to be different. Um, we've essentially maxed out how much we can get on the personal side, right? Yeah. And so now we're very much like we would rather buy something at six units and up because the building will qualify for itself mm-hmm. right so the bank is going to look at this one property and say okay does it debt service mm-hmm. so you know the, the amount of money coming in from the building is it sufficient to cover all your fixed expenses on the building and if it is then it's a lot easier to get a mortgage on that building mm-hmm. so it really is very different because like i said if you're buying a, u- a smaller unit it really depends on your income and your financial situation if you are going to qualify for it or not mm-hmm. so okay. for, for us we're at a point where we're like okay we're, we're done on the on the residential side we're more so on the commercial real okay estate. okay cool and um mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say something and I forget. Well, how was uh, partnering? Number one, how do you find your partners? Have you found good partners or how do you Yeah. So like we, I have, um, I have two partners that were buying properties together in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And essentially the way we partnered up is each one of us brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like, an underwriting savage. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super risk averse. I'm really good with the numbers. Um, that's something that my mentorship program taught me as well, right? Is how to really underwrite a deal and how to bulletproof this deal as much as you can. Nice. Um, my other partner, she's a pro at raising capital. Like she's taken a course on raising capital. So, 
you know, she's, that's what she brings into the table. And then my, my third partner, she's amazing at finding deals, mm. finding options, um, doing the marketing for us, doing all the admin work, the operations stuff. So all three of us came together. Mm. We have the same style of work. We're all, we have the same risk appetite. Mm -hmm. So for us, like, you know, we walk buildings and we're like, okay, this one looks good. Let's all get together. Let's figure out, is this something that we want to do? So we'll underwrite it together. We're all, like I said, very, very risk averse. <laughs> so we like put padding on top of everything, whether it's, you know, repairs and maintenance or capex or vacancies whatever it is mm -hmm. we kind of all agree that this is how we feel comfortable underwriting the deal mm. and so from there we just you know we're all we're all in harmony okay right wow. yeah and it's hard to find that That's, it's hard to find that so how do you it find is. that team was that through the mentorship or was that just no you know it's just through networking okay right mm -hmm. so um I, I lead Wink yeah. or, or a division of Wink mm -hmm. is what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. uh, the GTA chapter. Um, my partner, Kimisha and I, so her, she's one of actually my business partners that I do um, multifamily investing with. Okay. Um, and then our third partner, she like just through networking, we had a conversation. We're like, okay, we're on the same page on this. And, mm -hmm. you know, Kim and I were, were like, okay, we know what we're doing. We didn't have a ton of experience raising capital, so we knew we wanted to partner with somebody who was really good at doing that. And so we had a conversation together. We were underwriting a deal together, and we said, you know what? We really enjoy doing this together, so let's awesome. just do this all the time. And, yeah, it's okay. working out. Wow. Yeah, so everybody <laughs> kind of has their own strengths, strengths yeah. I guess, that they bring to the table. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we'll go into Wink in a second, but what was the importance of having a mentorship? Did that really help you scale? or? Uh, you know what? It, it's It's good because, you know, Am I close enough? Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, here you I was like, uh-oh. No, I'm looking at mine. Am I close enough? No, you're good. Um, the mentorship is good. Um, it gives you access to a, a network of people that have been doing it significantly longer than you have. Mm. Um, you also, you know, when you feel like you're in a community where you belong and you have, you're able to ask all the questions that you can ask. And you know that within this massive group, you'll find the answer, whether it's about raising capital or finding the deal or sourcing the deal or, you know, prior to me getting into real estate, I had no idea that you can buy a property off market. Mm -hmm. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. it was completely like news to me and people were like, oh, you go to a wholesaler. I was like, what the hell? A wholesaler, like <laughs> yeah. what's going on? So you know, being part of a mentorship kind of opens you up to all these avenues that you didn't know exist. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you learn a lot through it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so okay. Do you feel like you learn more like doing the deals then? then? That for me yeah. personally, yeah. I feel like I grew the most by really a hands-on experience. Yeah. Right. So yeah, sourcing a deal, underwriting a deal, putting a deal under contract, negotiating the deal, raising capital for a deal, mm -hmm. all of that. You know, it's one thing to learn about it theoretically, but mm -hmm. when you start learning about it because you're in the process of doing it, that to me is the best way to learn. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, amazing. How many years have you been in real estate? So like 2015 is when my husband and I okay. started, okay, yeah. um, but really, really focusing on on scaling our portfolio, I'd say since 2020. Okay, wow. So yeah, yeah. you've done it pretty fast then. Yeah, we did it pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, again, I feel like once you learn the ropes, mm -hmm. it becomes a lot like easier to do it, mm -hmm. right? And for me, networking was a massive shift. Like it, it was a it was a mindset shift for me where I used to think like, oh my God, this person owns a building. That's crazy. Yeah. Like you have to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not the case. Yeah. Like, you know, so, so for me, networking was a huge way to learn that, no, I don't need to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And hey, giving away equity is not a terrible thing because this one property that's worth X today will mm -hmm. be worth that much more in X number of years. So you're still getting a big cut of the pie. Of it's just... 
you know, you're doing it with other people, which is great. Yeah. Okay. And you're able to scale faster that way too. So it's not a bad thing. Right. Um, okay. And you kind of mentioned your favorite strategy is the burr strategy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody's favorite strategy. You know what? And again, that the burr strategy, my husband has known about it for quite some time, but I had to join a mentorship program and learn about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, babe, look what we can do. And he's like, I've been telling you this, Nance, for the last like X number <laughs> of years. Um, but yeah, the burr method for us works is I'm able to recycle my money okay. a lot more. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's everybody's favorite strategy. So it's so I funny. Know. <laughs> so funny. Do you have any, what are your future goals with real estate investing as well? Future goals. Um, so like I said, my husband does U.S. syndication. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to start buying a lot more in the U.S. Okay. Um, and for us, really, it's, we've learned to slow down to speed up kind mm-hmm. of thing, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be very much like, go, 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 underwrite 15 deals a day. Like, try to get as many as I can. And like, <laughs> now I've gone to the point where I'm like, I know where my numbers are. I know that the market has shifted. I know that sellers are not where the buyers are. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of slow down until I get the right deal for me that's within my risk appetite mm-hmm. and then scale like that. So mm-hmm. I'm not so much focused right now on getting, you know, 100 doors under contract. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I would rather have less doors and each one cash flow significantly more yeah. than me have to get like 100, 200 doors in order to get the the level of in- income that I'm looking for. Yeah. What do, do you have a certain cash flow that you like to have per each door? Uh, you know what? I used to. Yeah. And then I realized, man, the market will change that real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it will. <laughs> you know? So yeah. um, I, for me, it's a lot more important to be in a good area mm. that has good appreciation um, than really try to focus on the dollar per door because that will change so much with the market. Mm-hmm. So I don't really focus on the price per door as long as it's positively cash flowing and it's it's a building that I can see the future potential of it. Then I'm 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 cool with that. Okay. I'm clearly not going to buy something that's negative cash. Flow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Perfect. And then I guess so. Kind of segueing to Wink. So you're the co-lead of Wink, Women Investing Network of Canada. And can yeah. you kind of explain your role there? Yeah. So um, so there's many divisions of Wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my partner Kimisha and I we lead the GTA chapter. Okay. Um, and essentially what Wink is, it's a community. Um, it's a program really, or I'm going to say men- not really a mentorship, but um. It's like a group of people that come together Mm -hmm. um, every couple of months, women that are there to empower, support, champion each other on. I think through the networking that I've been doing, I've realized that so many people want to get into real estate and they, it's a little bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. They don't know where to start. Like, you know, it's, it's a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the purpose of Wink is to just bring women together and educate them network Mm -hmm. you know it's a safe space to ask any kind of question there's no questions too big or too small Mm -hmm. and so it gives you a sense of community that you're like you know what I can ask any question I I want here if I want to partner with somebody you know this is a place where I could ask all the right questions Mm -hmm. um you know we've had two wink events so far we should have had a third but my husband had a medical emergency so um the two that we had we were able to bring you know experts um, in the field of real estate to just educate the people that mm-hmm. were in the room about different aspects of real estate. So whether it's like private lending or, you know, investing in these current turbulent times mm-hmm. or, you know, we had a, a realtor, Karen, Sharon Caetano, who oh, came. Yes. Yeah, she's wonderful. So yeah. she she came and she was just talking about, you know, what her experience has been. Um, so we try to bring value to the people that come into the room. Mm-hmm. And then within that room, I mean, there's realtors, there's wholesalers, there's lawyers, there's accountants, there's, you know, new time investors, there's people that have been investing for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's great to all just be in a room and network and learn from each other. Um, the other thing that I love about it is we're 
you know, some, sometimes people talk about real estate and they glorify it and they're like, yeah. oh, it's amazing. That's <laughs> how you get rich. Listen, things could go, things could go pretty wrong in real estate, mm -hmm. right? And, and for us, it's like, okay, let's share those experiences so we can prevent another person from falling within the same, mm -hmm. you know, having the same mistake happen to them. So Wink is really about empowering women, bringing women together and supporting each other in every aspect of, of life and more so in real estate. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Perfect. So I know you do a lot of networking events. Um, do you do like, do you do stuff weekly as well or? No, no. So it's, um, so each, each chapter with so it's across Canada yeah um and no we don't have weekly events mm -hmm. um but we form relationships within this community mm -hmm. that you know people will reach out to people on Instagram or on Facebook or by phone or text and say like hey I got this deal under contract and we're like oh, okay I'm happy to hop on a call with you and like underwrite oh, nice. it with you you know uh -huh. so it's it's not necessarily an event that happens every week mm -hmm. we try to have it every month month and a half we know life gets in the way and everybody's like moms and you know yeah. like it, it's 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 a busy time for a lot of people so we have an event probably about once every month month and a half okay okay amazing oh, yeah that's awesome yeah I uh uh, yeah, I, that's why I like what you're saying about uh, being realistic about being a landlord or investor, especially in Canada, because I kind of started this podcast and like was super excited. I'm still excited, but I have like more of a realistic approach now. Yeah, I'm not like it's going to be passive and I'm going to be a millionaire like tomorrow. <laughs> now I have like a better idea of what to expect. <laughs> so, if only it was that easy. If only it was that easy. Yeah, it sounded that easy on social media. But. <laughs> um, okay, and then I kind of just want to transition to Oak Suite Living. Yeah. So that's something else that you do and run. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> oh yes. So... Um, Oak Suite Living is an Airbnb arbitrage company. Mm -hmm. We do property management for short-term and mid-term rentals. Okay. Um, and funny enough, um, one of my business part, so my business partner, her name is Chi Chi. Mm -hmm. She, um, she wanted one of my properties mm -hmm. to do Airbnb with it. And I was like, this sounds so good. So she, she kind of pitched me the idea and said, you know, here's what it is. I will pay you market rent mm -hmm. and I will fully furnish this unit for you. Okay. So you don't have to worry about non-paying tenants. You don't have to worry about lawn care or snow removal. You don't have to worry about late bills. Like you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. I take care of rent. I take care of utilities. It's really a hands-off experience for you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I don't have to worry about the landlord tenant board because you're uh, like your professional person renting mm -hmm. my unit. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Mm -hmm. So I gave her my unit. Um, she did Airbnb with it. And then um, a couple of months later, she's like, you have a massive network of investors. Like, do you want to partner up and we can scale this? And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So we partnered up um, and we've since been able to scale. We have probably about over 10 units right now that we do this with. Mm -hmm. We have a whole pipeline of more leads that we're like trying to get to yeah <laughs> um, but there's all these bylaw changes happening so uh -huh. we're, we're very careful with which units we take on it has to fit the pro like our portfolio and our you know our profit margins that we want from every one of these units yeah um but yeah so that's what we do we essentially will rent someone's property mm -hmm. um we we strive to pay the market rent mm -hmm. um and then with that we we take the unit we fully furnish it top to bottom mm -hmm. um we get professional photography to come in take really good pictures of it and we we list it online, so on short and midterm platforms. Mm -hmm. um, we've tried to take it a step further where we're now partnering up with companies that have corporate executives yeah. that come in. Awesome. I'm traveling nurses and insurance adjusters. You know, if somebody has had a something happened to their home, fire, flood, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. and they need to be relocated into another property, we're happy to offer them that property. So we partner up with them. Mm -hmm. um, and now we have all these leads coming in that way. So um, we're doing pretty well. Okay. Um, yeah. I think this summer we're going to probably 
kill it. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cause now, now we're going into high season. So we're like, okay, let's go. Okay. No, that's amazing. I just, yeah. um, I don't understand arbitrage that much. I think it's a great model, but then I just get like, do, do you ever have the objection from landlords? Uh, like why wouldn't I just put on Airbnb myself? Yeah. That profit. Like, so I, I don't, I don't think I hear, I'll just put on Airbnb myself because managing a property on a short term term is like a business in itself. It's a business in itself. It's a lot of active work. Mm -hmm. Like I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to put on Airbnb and then, you know, when it get, but like there's cleaners in between, yeah. there's maintenance crews. There's also optimizing your listing. That That is something that a lot of people underestimate. They think, you know, Airbnb is a set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. And it's really not. Mm -hmm. Like you always want your property be, to be on page one or page two of search. Yeah. And so there's a lot of work that goes into that, mm -hmm. right? Um, so no, we don't really get the objection of, you know, I'll just put on Airbnb. But what I do get is people saying, you know, I don't want a million people going in and out of my house. Like what mm -hmm. if somebody ruins the unit for me and stuff like that? And, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of make them feel a lot more comfortable in saying like, you know, your property will be kept in the best shape mm -hmm. by having us as your tenants because, you know, we have cleaners after every single guest is going in, mm -hmm. right? If any damage happens to the property, we have liability insurance that covers that. Mm -hmm. So the way you hand over the property to us will be the way that you get it back from us at the end of the lease. Mm -hmm. So it gives people a lot more comfort in mm -hmm. knowing that, okay, you know what? We, we even give landlords the option to say, listen, if you want to do this for six months, come in, take a look at your property. If it makes you comfortable, we continue. Mm -hmm. We've never had any landlords say, okay, we're done. We're like, okay, they're like, yeah, keep going. So, okay. yeah. So, you know, Again, if you have a long-term tenant and a long-term tenant punches a hole in the wall, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the landlord is going to be pro probably on the hook to fix that, right? Yeah. Whereas with us, one of our guests punches a hole in the wall, we have liability insurance that will get that covered in the next like 24 to 48 hours. Okay. So it's a lot more protective for the landlord, okay. so to say. And I was going to say as well, because I know that there's so many, so much licensing coming in for short-term rentals. So that's kind of yeah. tricky to get around. Is that Yeah. Yeah. So we um, were aware that we have a whole bunch of properties actually, funny enough, in Hamilton. Yeah. And they just did a whole bylaw change, mm. uh, which is going to take effect pretty soon. So um, we're pivoting our strategy. We're converting a lot of these short terms into either midterm rentals. Yeah. Um, and we're also now sourcing more properties outside of Hamilton. So we're going into the Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge area. Okay. They're very friendly towards short term rentals and we're hoping they stay that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're we're always ready to shift and pivot. So we'll we'll take it from there. Okay. We'll see what that lands. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, yeah. I know so many licensing things are coming in I right know. now and <laughs> it's screwing a lot of people over. Uh, do you, is there like certain pros and cons that come along with arbitrage? Any cons you can think of or? I mean, at the end of the day, there's a risk that you have a guest that will ruin your place. Yeah. Um, I'll be very transparent with you. We did have that happen oh, into sure. one of our units. Yeah. Um, I'll share the story with you, yeah. actually. <laughs> but she was, um, she came in, she stayed at one of our nicer properties. Mm. Um, and she said that she was an executive of a pharmaceutical company and that she was there for a month. And mm. we're like, okay, like, you know, she had great reviews. We're like, all right. Mm. She came in. Um, so we sent her messages like, you know, welcome to the property. We hope you enjoy. If you need anything, please let us know. She responded back. All was well. Uh -huh. Um, we asked her if she wanted cleaning midterm stay, like during her stay. She was like, oh no, we're okay. And then she checked out. Oh, oh my gosh. It was like, so first of all, she checked out, left the front door wide open. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have cameras luckily and our cleaning crew is usually ready. Like as soon as they check out, they walk in. So like it didn't stay open for very long. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, she punched a hole in the wall. She broke the toilet. She, she There was vomit all over the carpets. Oh, like it was just God. absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. Beer bottles, like alcohol all over the place. Mm -hmm. She had smoked in the property. It was really, really bad. So, um, and then we had the next guest coming in two days later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Shoot. So that's not the best 
you know, it is a risk that you take when you're running properties like this. Mm-hmm. But lucky for us, we have a really good crew of people that are like on the ball. Yeah. So we were able to restore the property within 48 hours. Oh. Like we had somebody coming in, painting the walls, patching the hole. Wow. You know, yeah, we had like a company come in and clean all our furniture, all our carpets, our cleaning crew. Like there was like, I think 11 bags of garbage oh <laughs> at that God. property. Yeah, no so. repercussions for that client? No. Nope. No. But at least no. you didn't have to go through landlord tenant board. Do you kind of? Exactly. Okay. Right. And, and because we have insurance, so they covered it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the additional expenses that we had to incur to just to bring the property back to the standard that we want our guests to have in our property. Mm-hmm. So lucky for us. Yeah, we had that. But it's that's an aspect of the business yeah, that you're course. like, listen, yeah. do what you got to do. Right. Yeah. But to your point. Yeah. Shoot, but at least you have a good team, and it is a part of the business. It's not always going to go perfectly, so right, yeah, right. Um, we're already nearing the end of the podcast; it's going by so fast. But <laughs> um, I just want to ask a couple last questions. What would you have done anything differently in your journey? Anything different? Um, maybe I would have started with multifamily a little bit earlier. Okay, um, but no, like I think we're we're pretty happy with the with the. I'm going to say with the sequence of events that happened yeah. in our investing journey, um, I'm now really focusing on my mindset and mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, I'm thinking the right way mm-hmm. for the direction that I want to take our business. So, so no, I wouldn't say I have any real regrets. I think there's some lessons learned along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, never go firm too early, but mm, okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> but yeah, but no, we're, I, I'm pretty happy with the way things have gone so far. Okay, perfect. And what would you recommend to someone getting into the, an investor getting into the market in this day and age? <laughs> Honestly, educate yourself. Yeah. Educate yourself as much as possible. Get Go to as many networking events as possible. You would be surprised. Like originally I wasn't, I'm not going to say I wasn't the biggest fan of networking. I thought I would be a little bit socially awkward. Honestly, I was Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, not sure. I don't know any people in the room, but the amount of knowledge that you learn when you're in the room of like-minded individuals Mm -hmm. is crazy. Like whether you like it or not, you're going to have some conversation with somebody who's going to drop a nugget and you're like, oh, that's good. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that piece away. So Honestly, network as much as possible. Educate yourself as much as possible. You know, try to build connections with people that are where you want to be. And then from there, just, you know, once you feel like you're equipped and you know what you're doing and and you're partnered with people that know, you know, the ins and outs of a strategy that you are all about, Mm then you can go what you can go crazy and actually take action yeah that's yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah okay perfect well yeah. yeah thank you so much definitely let them know where they can find you on social media um because yeah that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> um so my husband and i like i said we own pinnacle realty holdings so you can find us on instagram and facebook at pinnacle realty holdings.com um and then i have oak sweet living so you can follow our page as well or my business partner her name is chi chi her handle i think is host with chi okay. um she does a lot of the operations um and then uh yeah wink is you know i think it's wink dot investor mm-hmm. on instagram but if you search wink you'll I'll probably find it at the bottom it's okay there yeah. you go <laughs> okay well thank you so much for being thank on the podcast thank you guys I for having it. me thank you